Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Auto Central, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. My name is George Mini, and as usual, I'm joined by Wandile Sishi. In the house, in the house again for another week. How's it, Wendy? Not too bad. I had a really good weekend. Um, my girlfriend just moved in, um, and she's reorganized my fridge. So I saved like two minutes this morning looking for my milk. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> it's just uh, something I've been thinking about since this morning. Rearranging uh, your fridge. Well, just the fact that I, you know, there's better ways to, you know, put your fridge or put your milk in your fridge. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I'll believe you. Um, you know, I, I'm like, uh, to be honest with you, I've never thought about it, but, uh, milk in my fridge is in the door. And, uh, you know, I there's never... other places where your milk can go. <laughs> where were you, me. where was your milk before? <laughs> For another episode. Let's, let's get into the car. I'm assuming you had to move other stuff to get to your milk. I used but... to, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically. Okay. All right. Well, I suppose, you know, you got to, you, you, you got to be able to get to the stuff you need. Anyway, in today's episode, uh, we're experiencing an automotive fad at the moment in the form of EVs, or should we say uh, growth in EV stocks? And yeah. the question is, um, is it sustainable? These highly valued EV companies, yeah. um, is it sustainable? I mean, Tesla's highly valued. There are other EV companies that are highly valued, and we'll get into the, into yeah. the detail of that. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then later in the episode, we review these two beautiful cars that yeah. we have in the studio behind us. The twins. The twins, the Porsche Taycan, and uh, and and I am so excited when uh, when we picked these cars up uh, today. It was yeah. uh, um, it was such imagine. a treat, such yeah. a treat. So, uh, um, Porsche Taycan, full electric, goes like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know we thank Porsche South Africa for uh, for these two cars, and uh, you know we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna give them some proper justice and and due attention um for the rest of this uh this week and then lastly as usual we have three burning questions from our ask ask ask, ask what's wrong with me <laughs> from our ask or trader platform uh, so uh wendy where can listeners find the show so if you want to catch the show uh live we streaming every single monday on cliffcentral.com at 9 a.m um, but if you want to see our faces you can also find us on the auto trader essay youtube channel um, and if you're watching that, please don't forget to subscribe, uh, like, and also comment. And last but not least, if you want to just listen to the show at your convenience, you can also find us on any streaming service such as Spotify, iTunes Music, whatever is kind of convenient to your listening pleasure. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. Smash the like button, subscribe, <laughs> and you'll get this awesome content every single week. So we're coining this episode the EV debunking episode. Yep. Um, is the growth in EV stocks and companies sustainable? Yeah, I mean, I have some. I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts definitely. Um, but uh, I think I'll get into that a bit later. Okay. Well, in today's world, investors take the role of venture capitalists and uh, they look for the next big thing. Um, you know, you get angel investors, you of get course. private equity, uh, venture capitalists often invest in, uh, in startup companies and, and these companies, um, are overvalued oftentimes and uh, they're young companies years before they could even be a big thing and, uh, offer returns. Products. Does that sound yeah. familiar? Yeah, I mean, it happened with the dot-com boom that happened in the early 90s, early 20s, well, early 2000s. Um, so it's not the first time we're seeing this new technology that's coming onto the, onto the kind of the markets and into the world where all these investors are just flying in and people are putting in their houses and kind of their retirement funds into these 
future potential companies and then, you know. Boom. Yeah. Well, it begs the question then, is this spectacular rise in EV stocks and valued or companies being valued uh, and increasing in value uh, sustainable? We are going to unpack it in this debunking episode. So briefly, your opinion, Wendy. So what do you I, think? <laughs> it's a funny story. So I've been kind of um, for the last year and a half dabbling in the investing space, specifically with stocks as well as crypto. And if you're doing that, whether you like it or not, Tesla is going to come up. Um, and depending, have you, have you have you got Tesla shares? I decided not to get Tesla shares. Um, this is about a year ago, so I should have. But the reason I didn't is what we're going to be unpacking in this episode. You thought it was overvalued. I thought it was overvalued. It just keeps climbing, mm. but where is that ceiling? And if I you know put in hundred thousand rand for instance today, and it drops by ten or a hundred times less than what I put in, I would have lost all that money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Tesla's not the only one. There's dozens of these new companies. Um, which are overvalued in my opinion, including Tesla. Um, but Tesla is kind of the, you know, the one that's shining and it, it doesn't seem to be stopping at any time. Well, the only one really making cars, right? So let's yeah, set the stage. In twenty, in the 2020s, um, uh, a similar thing is happening to the dot-com boom that you just uh, mm. spoke about. And that's a young electric vehicle and autonomous vehicle company stocks have been surging um, to uh, following the meteoric rise. Yeah. I yeah. mean, meteoric, very big word. But <laughs> the massive rise yeah. of, uh, of Tesla. Yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, you, a person who's been following the Tesla stock, do you think it's overvalued? Elon Musk even said he believes that the Tesla stock is overvalued. So, I mean, probably for another episode, but, but I have a, I have a big view on yeah. uh, the fact that Tesla is, yes, while a car company is so much more than a car company. It's, and it's, that's it's a the lifestyle. reason. That's yeah. the reason it is valued the way it is. It's because it's not purely a car company. It's like Apple. Um, it's like well, Apple. Apple has been a uh, um, a manufacturer of hardware yeah. um, for its lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But is that its future? Is manufacture of hardware really where its revenue? future lies um so you know chinese rivals like neo inc um who have uh, fully electric versions um and and in the automotive industry in china and uh the current unique bubble has been forming in a combination of a cash going into these special purpose vehicles or special purpose acquisition companies called SPACs. yeah okay um going to the public and investors looking for the next tesla Everyone wants to be the next Tesla, but they forget that Tesla didn't just come onto the field. When did Tesla start? I think it was, Tesla. what, uh, 2000, 2003? 2003 around. Um, uh, they started and they almost went bust, right? They almost went bust a few times, yeah. right? And it's not necessarily the easiest thing to make an EV. They've been doing it for decades, literally. Um, and now there's all these new companies coming onto the market and everyone wants to get you know, a piece of the pie, essentially. Well, every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants to put their cash into into the next big thing. Including essentially me at one point, right? Mm. Um, I'm not a special case. There's millions of people, lots of consumers who are putting their money into these companies. Not just the stock, per se, but these companies are coming out and saying that we have a car that's going to go 1.9, you know, do 100 in, in, in 1.9. Zero to 100 in, in 1.9 seconds, and it's yeah. going to have a certain battery life and a certain range. Exactly. Um, but... You know, have they really made a car yet? So what are the two cautionaries uh, in this EV hype, would you say? It's funny because there's two companies which we have spoken about quite extensively. And I remember when I raised, I think it was Lucid Motors to you first. And you laughed. And I was like, this is the next big thing. George, watch. This is the next Tesla. And you said, I don't know. It's kind of too good to be true. 
Right? Well, I mean, I've got, you've got to ask yourself, have, have these guys made a car? In, have they produced a car? They haven't. They haven't. Right? And that's, um, you've been in business for a long time, so you, you know this thing. No, and, and I still it. get it wrong, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, but but I think my, my sanity comes from the fact that um, why invest in something? And, and sometimes you can kind of invest and, uh, uh, and, and make it big, like Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Okay? In the beginning, Tesla was one of these. Yeah. It was a concept. Coin, or there's, there's lots of examples of you know these sort of things so if you've got money that you think to yourself well um i'm happy to lose this money yeah then invest in them invest. because out of every 10 investments maybe one's going to hit yeah and you don't have to go big right yes. you can always start very small and see where it goes so let's let's talk about nicola uh nicola corp which uh, was one of the early ev makers uh and was swept up by one of these special purpose SPACs um <laughs> and attracted an army of investors who drove the prices sky sky high however hindenburg research published a detailed report i'm pretty sure you've heard about the hindenburg research i actually read it yeah yeah um and uh calling nick uh, nicola corp an intricate fraud I mean, that's a very harsh way of, of putting it. But, but it was. But that's exactly what happened. It was, I wouldn't say it was a fraud. I think it was marketing that went wrong in the sense that. Nah, wasn't it a lie? It was a lie. It was a lie, but it wasn't a complete lie. It wasn't like the vehicle couldn't do some of the things that they said they could do. It's just it was made to look a lot more glamorous. Better than it was. And a lot more shinier than it actually well, to remind everybody, what they did was they, 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 they staged a deceiving video of a truck running on hydrogen fuel te cell technology when it actually was filmed slowly rolling down a hill, yeah. not running on its own power. And then sped up. And then sped up. Not to say that I can't do that. It's just what it was doing or what it mm. appeared to be doing was completely false. Well, let's talk about another company, Lucid Motors. Yeah. Um, I was a huge fan of Lucid Motors. I mean, uh, I like the car. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's, it's stunning. stunning. It's stunning. Um, but the same story with them. Basically, a bunch of SPACs decided to kind of invest in this company, bringing in a huge army once again. But then earlier this year, we found out that um, its valuation wasn't the same because the essentially the Wall Street came and said that the, the valuation that they put on it wasn't the same as what the market said. Okay, so, uh, but, uh, so these, 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 these special purpose uh, acquisition companies, they go and invest yep. and, uh, and the shares surge unreasonably to unreasonable levels. And uh, I mean, Lucid Motors is... You know, it's a, it's a genuine company. I don't think they they've they've, yeah. they've told any lies. It's just their their stock price has soared, and then uh, and then Wall Street, as you point out, came and valued the company far less than the public valued it in these specs. Don't forget that Lucid Motors, the the CEO actually designed, or he's the chief engineer of the the Tesla model. Well, we're talking about Peter Rawlinson, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was, like you're saying, people aren't just necessarily investing in a product when they invest in in an EV car or EV company. They invest in you know, what is the brand? Who is associated with this? And it looked like it was going to be the next thing. I still do think that they're going to come up and... and well, I think they've still, they still got a chance. I mean, they, yeah. they, uh, uh, have they started manufacturing cars yet? Well, let's find out. Uh, uh, have Lucid um, manufactured a car um, yet? And uh, um, so in December 2019, Lucid broke ground with a factory in Arizona. Okay, so at least they, they have a manufacturing facility. And on December 1st, 2020, Lucid completed the factory construction and aims to ramp up 400,000 electric cars per year. All right, so that yeah. was in December last year. Have they made a car yet? Not entirely sure. All right, so they say so a little bit further ahead than, uh, than I suppose most. Maybe yeah. this is a, uh, a, potential a potential rival. Yeah. Potential rival. And we have a South African uh, startup called what? What is their name again? 
Mazabuga Motors. Motors. Uh, we spoke about them a little while ago. Yeah, we did. Um, been following them for a while. Um, and one thing that has kind of stood out to me is basically they haven't done anything outside of the fact that they said they're going to be releasing an electric bucky in South Africa. Uh, yes. Um, I remember, I remember this conversation. So, yeah. you know, so will, is, is Mazabuga Motors going down the same road? Are they, yeah. uh, you know, I hope not. I hope that uh, it's a South African company. I mean, Elon Musk is South African and, and look yeah. how successful he was. So yeah, I hope Mazabuka Motors is, uh, is, the, real is the real deal. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, once again, for people, they, they're asking people to invest in this idea of theirs, right? And mm. it's scary because we haven't seen anything, but everyone wants to hop in this wave, this wave and this bubble that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in one day. Uh, they, I think it's in exactly what you said. It's an investment in an idea. A concept. A concept. An unproven concept. Well, it's proven in Tesla. But, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, uh, there's no profit. There's yeah. no revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's, it's at the moment in many of these companies, it's pure speculation. Mm. And I, I think Tesla's, you know, its growth is only now. It's only happened in the last sort of, you know, five Couple years. Of years. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it, because Elon Musk became Elon Musk. Um, people aren't going to just, inv- well, p- people are actually investing in these companies that don't have Elon Musk. Yeah. Proven recipes, almost. Well, I mean, uh, Elon Musk is, uh, is a phenomenon in terms of, uh, in terms of Tesla. And I mean, let's not be naive in the fact that it's flipping hard to build a car. No, it's, it's, well, yes, um, to, to agree with you, it's, it's super, super hard. It's I mean, not as easy as just, an idea. There's, yes. there's lots of things that go into it. And building an EV car, the safety requirements involved are so much higher than in well, you're sitting a nice on a vehicle. You're sitting on a battery, which is like a, you know, it's a ticking time it's a bomb. Time if bomb it's, if, if it's treated incorrectly. Exactly. It's like a fridge. You know? Yeah. So, so, you know, so all of these ideas with these other car companies, yeah. um, are, are companies like VW, BMW, Mercedes, General Motors, <laughs> Porsche. I'm glad you bring them up because are I they going to just sit back and allow these startups to 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 take second, third, fourth, and fifth place? Because Tesla's got number one place at the moment. The VW CEO said that the next biggest company in the world is going to be an automotive company. He said this about a year ago, and now and now Tesla, right? Exactly. Um, but what he didn't kind of allude to is the fact that it's not necessarily going to be a new automotive company. It could be a Porsche or a BMW or a Toyota. Um, and I think I have a, it's a sneaking suspicion that, um, I know you love Tesla, but I don't think they're going to be the kings of the hills forever. Well, it uh, remains to be seen. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think Elon Musk has the right attitude and that yeah, is, man. you know, his, his drive with Tesla is to, uh, is to accelerate the world to sustainability, to sustainable yeah. energy. If he's number one, I, I mean, I, obviously Tesla wants to be number one, but yeah. I, I don't think that that's why they're doing it. They're not doing I don't think it that's to why be he's number doing one. It. Yeah. Um, I read a quote somewhere saying that, Elon's biggest fear is that we're going to kill ourselves one day. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Yes. And I think that's exactly what he's done. He's catalyzed the world to a point where we are getting to a point where we have two EVs inside the room. Mm. Um, two EVs that people can buy. Which Tesla started. Yeah. They started this revolution. And, 100%. uh, I mean, these two beautiful cars, driving this car, uh, this morning, I'm like, I fell in love with it. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, uh, Porsche, South Africa, I, you know. I don't know if I'm going to give it back, but uh, I probably have to. So there's definitely an EV bubble is what we're saying, right? Definitely. Um, there definitely you know, is. People are hopping on this bandwagon. And it's easy uh, to, to just knock it down and say it's unsustainable and, uh, and that yeah. there will be you know, certain major winners. I don't think the jury's out. Yeah. Uh, or should I say I think the jury's out on this. It's, it's, I don't think that we know the answer to this because uh, you know, look at Google, Amazon, 
Yeah, same thing. We said the same thing that there's going to be a bubble, and there was a bubble in the tech space. It burst, but there's always going to be the Teslas or the Amazons or the Googles who kind of or the Porsches or the Porsches who stick around and show us that um, it is sustainable. Well, um, we're going to take a break in a second, and uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to have our expert journalist Sean Nurse, who uh, is a Porsche nut. Yes, I hope I can call him a Porsche nut, yeah. but uh, he <laughs> is uh, very much into his Porsches and he gets to drive the coolest Porsches. Yeah, he does. Uh, and uh, we've got him into the studio because uh, he's going to be reviewing um, uh, these Porsches that are standing behind us uh, this week and uh, and bring you the lowdown on the 2021 Porsche uh, take on. Um, but before we get po- uh, uh, Porsche, before we get Porsche, before we get Sean into the studio, um, you know, I uh, I think this car is has got some legs. Um, Hmm, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the price for me is is huge, but I did see that these two are actually not the ones I was thinking of. Mm. Um, and you might be pleasantly surprised by how much they've priced these two. Let's see when we get back with Sean Nurse. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. And uh, we have our expert journalist, Sean Nurse, uh, in the studio with us once again. Welcome, Sean. Um, and uh, um, I think... Uh, uh, Sean's a very lucky, the luckiest human being. Yeah, probably in the top ten. Um, in terms of uh, what cars he gets to drive, uh, <laughs> you know, Sean, you 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 get to drive almost, and I would say probably not even almost. I mean, you can confirm this. Um, every Porsche that comes onto our uh, onto our roads, right? Yeah, I'm I'm the privileged one within the team that gets to take on that enviable task. But yeah, I'm very privileged and very happy about it. So, uh, so we're very privileged to have you. And, uh, um, and today we have these two beautiful 2021 Porsche Taycan. How do you say that? Is it Taycan? Taycan. Taycan. Taken. 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 Taycan. My first review on this call for the Auto Trader site, my uh, headline was totally taken. <laughs> ah, lovely. Totally taken. Love it. Okay, so 2021 Porsche taken. Um, and uh, we've got a, what is this? Gunmetal gray? Yes. Gunmetal gray and a white one. And a white one, yes. Beautiful. And, uh, and you know, I see it has, it has these wheels that are slightly closed. Uh, yeah. You know, wh- why do they do that? It's all for aerodynamics and uh, efficiency. So obviously being an electric car, this is designed from the ground up to be as efficient as. So this is not a retrofit possible. at all. Um, you can option them. Uh, these have got the twenties, the twenty-inch wheels. Um, no, no. But what I mean is yeah, retrofitted with electric. It's 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 built electric it from the ground up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This platform by Porsche was designed from the ground up to be an electric car. Yeah, that's so, sort of part of their three-prong mobility approach. You t- know, t- tell us about that. So the brand initially started as purely a sports car company. Um, ironically, some of their earliest cars were actually electric cars over a century ago. And moving forward, they obviously produced the 911, which is arguably their most iconic model. Well, Uh, I mean, when you think about Porsche, you think think about 911, right? Exactly. And then in the sort of approaching 21st century, their profit margins were no longer sustainable. So they had to come up with something else. So products like the Cayenne, the Boxster, later the Cayman and the Panamera formed a second pillar within the brand to allow them to continue producing the 911 while still still being profitable, while still making profit on things like a Cayenne and a Macan and things like that, and then the third tier. Well, I suppose you know that that reminds me of another company that's gone down this road, and that's Tesla. Mm-hmm. In terms of the concept of producing a 
sports sports roadster, yeah, and then going into the other segments. Now they're on the Model Three, which is a car for the masses. Mm. That's really where the profitability of the company comes from. And now they're going to circle back again to the roadster. So Porsche's kind of gone down a very similar road. Yeah. So and the third prong is electric. So we'll see, obviously we've seen Taycan. You'll see Taycan Cross Turismo, which is an SUV version of this car, which is already priced on their website. So oh, wow. we'll be getting it in the next couple of months, I would okay. imagine. And then there's going to be an all-electric Macan, uh, mm. next generation, which will be sold alongside the regular internal combustion engine Macan models. So, uh, so you know, talking about that uh, that, that third leg, and uh, you and I spoke before the show about uh, um, the biofuel drive, which um, only seems to be coming out of Porsche at the moment. Uh, tell us about this biofuel strategy of theirs. Yes, so I think Porsche understand that um, the brand is associated with flat six internal combustion engines to a large degree with their GT cars and the 911 range. Now, they have committed to having 80% of their range electrified by 2030. Electrified? Electrified. It's not electric, full battery electric. Yeah. So some form of electric power, whether that be mild hybrid, hybrid, or just uh, full electric. Um, So that leaves a 20% buffer for them to produce cars like a GT3 or a GT2, something with an internal combustion engine. Now the problem, oh, okay, so the when, you, when you say electrified, you mean uh, uh, 80% of their cars will be full electric, no no, uh, no ice, nice engine in it? There, there will be, yeah. So in the, in be, the 80%? Yeah, some of them, yeah. Okay. So um, they'll be pushing, obviously, to electrify things because uh, there's obviously no internal combustion engine sold or to be sold in Europe by 2030. And um, with Porsche, they've said, you know, we can come up with a biofuel that will be as carbon neutral as an electric car. So oh, they've wow. invested, I think it's 25 billion euro into yeah. a biofuel plant in Chile that's going to be producing biofuel that you can run your internal combustion engine car on. So wow. they, they obviously understand. With flat CO2 emissions. So essentially, yeah. I still get my noise. <laughs> that well, days, yeah, you do. But uh, it's completely clean. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of... A petrol head with a conscience type of thing. That's what they're going for. <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, Sean, this, this, this biofuel concept, uh, you know, a lot of the, the European countries and, uh, and other countries around the world have put a deadline down. No more internal combustion engine vehicles um, on the roads by 2030, 2035, 2040. Yeah. It depends on which country you, you look at. But is this biofuel alternative going against that gauntlet? I think to a question. Yeah, I think instead of uh, going against the the flow Porsche of trying to come up with a solution yes, and um, to still have your cake and eat it in terms of internal combustion engines. So they say this 25 billion euros they've invested in this plant in Chile will um, allow you to have emissions-free internal combustion engine power um, if they develop it properly. And that project will start in 2022. So we will see internal combustion-powered cars in the next half a decade running on synthetic versions of petrol and diesel. That is hopefully going to eliminate the CO2 problem with our cars. The implications of that on something like Formula One or racing, um, Porsche is very entrenched in the racing culture, mm. um, would be insane. Well, they've, got, um, they've really got the e-hybrid, right? Yeah, I mean, you have the Formula E sort of situation um, that's going on, but... For someone who loves Formula One and the sound and the theater that is internal combustion engines, that would be a great way of 
I guess, protecting the planet as well as giving racing fans what they want. Um, it's not necessarily a quick fix, and I don't think it's going to be as simple as it's a fuel that just is cleaner. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot more to it, and I still think that EVs are the ultimate answer to the, the problems that we're having. But I would be interested to see how that uh, sort of rolls out. Well, I yes. suppose my question is, is is less about whether it is the right thing to do, because obviously, if you can have an emissions-free product, yeah, um, you know, you you're solving like, all the problems. You're solving the problem, but a lot of countries have put down the gauntlet in no internal combustion, no combustion engine. engine. So, so, well. so, how difficult is it for Porsche on their own mm. to change that? Yeah. I mean, let's look at the hydrogen uh, situation around the world over the last decade. You know, Toyota thought they were going to take the world by storm with hydrogen. But as you pointed out before, it's so expensive mm. to run a car on hydrogen. Mm. Um, it's very it, – like the, 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 the filling stations are not there. There's no network. Mm. Um, you know, you can't build a car and then build the network. You've got to do it alone. If you're doing it alone, yes. it just doesn't make sense. You've got to do what Tesla did, and that is – um, build the network while you build the car. Mm. So fortunately for EVs, in my mind, is that the the charging infrastructure and the charging networks have been built around the world. Yeah, um, you know, and regulations are not just in Europe, right? They're everywhere. Yes, um, that's a network that expands from just charging stations, but from basically plans that are being made by the OEMs as well as governments. Mm. So how difficult then is it yeah. for a co- company like Porsche to do the right thing? Have the power, have the the, the the theatrical noise, as you put it, um, and and I mean it sounds very very like intriguing and uh, and yeah. and I love the idea, but how do you build that fuel distribution network? I suppose it's a question we can't really answer right now. Yeah, I think uh, they're still in in the infancy stage of mm. planning this, but I think. Uh, we'll also see a similar case with uh, as we saw with hydrogen, where it becomes quite expensive. But I think uh, one benefit Porsche has is the clients who drive a GT product in general, they tend to be pretty wealthy. So they're yeah, not going to mind spending double what petrol is now to have a GT3. And again, it ties in with uh, what Wandile said about motorsport. Um, Stefano Domenicali, the head of Formula One, has said there will be an African Grand Prix in the next half a decade, mm. which means it's probably coming to Kailami, which yeah. is very exciting. And at the same time, Porsche has a natural tie to motorsport and the fact that in five to six years' time there will be predominantly biofuels used in Formula One. We may mm. see Porsche come back to Formula One and then have This could be kind of the Well this could be the this could be the motor racing of the future, is this biofuel and Porsche's yeah, yes. gonna lead it if that's the case. So let's spend the last couple of minutes, Sean, uh, talking about this twenty twenty one Porsche Taycan. And uh, so, so give us your kind of initial thoughts. What is different about this car? Uh, what do you like? What don't you like? Uh, you know, on your initial kind of uh, review, because you you reviewed the turbo last year, right? Yes, I had a turbo S for the day. Um, absolutely blew my mind. Could not <laughs> believe how fast that car was. You feel like a bit of a passenger for the first fifty meters or so in the launch control, but it's it's a completely different experience driving the standard yeah. uh, Taycan. It's kind of because this is only rear-wheel drive, it's got one electric motor, it's got far less power and torque. I mean, we've got the Performance Battery Plus version here in both cars. And even with overboost, 
we only have 350 kilowatts. I say only, only. 350 <laughs> kilowatts. Yeah, and that, that Turbo S is... When I put my foot down in this car this morning, it yeah. didn't feel like only 350 yeah. <laughs> kilowatts. I say only, but uh, like a Turbo S is over 500 kilowatts. It's got over 1,000 <laughs> newton meters of torque wow. on the overboost. So it's a very different animal to this. But I think the nice thing about this one is it's far more attainable. It's half the price of a Turbo S. You still get really good range. They claim between four and 500 kilometers, depending on what sort of... How sort you of, drive. How yeah. you drive, what yeah. sort of cycle you use, what kind of driving modes you use. Well, you said you drove on the way here and uh, the uh, the range actually extended because you drove yes. it in... Uh, in range. In range. Seven, yeah. what, what did you call it? Range... Uh, range mode, yes. Range mode. So it, it's, it's, that's the perfect mode to use in the city because you can't exceed 100 kilometers an hour yeah. in that mode or else it will kick itself back into normal mode or whatever you had in before. So... Range mode, I was, I think I had 420 kilometers when I hopped in the car at Porsche. I put it in range mode, and when I got here, I had 471 kilometers. You had more range. More range. I had more range. Because it's doing regenerative braking, um, all of the, you know, all of the things that, uh, that make these cars as smart as they are. Yeah. It's, it's, and like I said earlier, it's just such a different experience to the, the Turbo S, but at the same time, you get this eerily quiet ride, mm. the same very high quality interior. It's just a very nice place to be. And I think at this price point, you'll probably get a few more people um, mm. opting for it because that Turbo S at over four and a half million rand is a lot of money. So what is this going for? This is uh, 2.22 million without options. So the ones we're looking at here are probably closer to 2.4 million with options. Um so it really is in a bit of a, a league of its own price-wise, and there aren't too many competitors in the sort of sporty EV segment locally. You know, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. Tesla here yet. Yes. Um, so when something like the Cross Turismo comes, then I suppose you could compare it to the cheaper I-Pace from Jaguar. But at this stage, it's it's kind of difficult to compare kind of it to things because yeah. what is its natural rival? Well, in, it, in, it, it, in in South Africa, it doesn't have a natural rival. I've yeah. I've driven, I think I've driven all the EVs. <clears throat> if I haven't, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the team will will tell me. But uh, <laughs> I've driven, I think I've driven all the EVs, and um, and this car is, I mean, I've only now driven it probably for about thirty minutes, and um, it is unreal. The yeah. the the build quality of this of this uh, Porsche Taycan is. Is just, I mean, Porsche just builds quality cars. You know, yeah. it's, it's a Porsche. It's you a know, Porsche. it's a Porsche. When you, I've always been in love with the Porsche 911, but it's just been expensive. Um, yeah. um, but the build quality and the, the 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 ride quality of these cars is yeah. just unreal. Porsche, sorry, it's Porsche, Por- Porsche. not Porsche. <laughs> well, it depends if you want to talk with a, a, a potato in your mouth. You can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, um, like I was saying, it's it's a Porsche. A Porsche is not just an internal combustion engine. That's not what makes it the experience that people are buying into. Yeah, but that's what I think people miss. Is yes, it's the flat four, yeah. and that's that noise mm. of that flat four. But Porsche is there's so much more to this car than just the engine. It's the yeah. build quality, the ride quality, the yeah. the finishes inside. Just you know how you fit into the car. Yeah. Well, Porsche is is famous for for making what was essentially a flawed design principle one of the best driving cars in the world. If you put an engine over the rear axle, make it rear-wheel drive, and mm. it tends to make the car quite difficult to drive. So the fact that they have engineered their way around it means that if they take on something like an electric car, you can bet it's going to be fun to drive. Which exactly. is which this one <laughs> it is. It turns out it is. turns out it is. All right, so uh, um, finally, Sean, your uh, score out of 10 for the Porsche Taycan. 
I'm going to give this one an eight, a solid an eight. eight. Okay. All right, and I'm not so sure we can really compare this car to the other scores we've had. I mean, is there an electric vehicle on the list that we can compare to? Um, yeah, I mean, there's the e-Golf, <laughs> which um, coincidentally also got an eight. So I'm not so it. sure that the e-Golf <laughs> yeah. is an eight compared to this. Yeah. I drove that e-Golf, and I wouldn't score it down. I'd probably score this one up. Uh, right, it's retrofitted. You know, yeah. and yeah. and you yeah. can't you can't blame VW yeah. uh, for that. Uh, you know, the ID three and ID four, I'm pretty sure, is going to be um, good good build quality. So eight out of ten is what the Porsche Taycan uh, gets, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Sean, you give it you gave it an eight because you've driven the turbo. Yeah, the turbo S for me that was the the Wow nine car. Um, mm. Driving, having driven this one, obviously it, it takes away a bit of the experience from the initial Taycan Turbo S. So that's why I've marked it down. Okay, and then uh, if you want to uh, read uh, the Porsche reviews on autotrader.co.za, go to the news and review section and and you can go and search for Sean's, Sean's reviews on uh, um, most of the Porsches that uh, he's done for us from the 911 GT GT2 two, yes. to uh, the, uh, the Porsche Taycan Turbo and then uh, soon to be the Porsche Taycan that is standing in the room with us. So uh, thank you very much, Sean. Um, thank you, and Sean. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, to learn about a little bit more about Porsche. And when we come back, we will be in our Ask Auto Trader segment where we will oh. try and answer three burning questions. See you in a sec. All right. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that was uh, uh, Sean Nurse, our Expert journalists, um, initial views on the 2021 Porsche Taycan. Yeah. And uh, obviously, he's going to have a chance now to uh, experience these cars uh, yeah, more, extensively. For a, more extensively for a couple of days and then uh, look out for his uh, his review on the Taycan um, on autotrader.co.za. Go to the news and review section and go and read all about it. Um, and I'm very excited because, uh, you know, yes, it seems yes. to be every couple of weeks we've got yeah, a new EV. Special. Yeah, it, it does. Um, you know, or a hybrid. Or a hybrid or something that's kind of more futuristic and more different. So oh, you must exciting. see the dash of this car. One yeah. Day. I mean, I sat inside and I was like, wow. When you switch it on, it's like, uh, it's just, it's, 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 you know what? And the one thing I can say about this Porsche versus the Tesla. Yeah. I've or been the e-Golf. In, I've been in, well, the e-Golf, not, not quite. The e-Golf feels like a, a traditional ice vehicle. Yeah. Um, about this car versus the Tesla, because I've been inside the Tesla, been to the, uh, Fremont, uh, factory. Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, the Tesla looks like there's a tablet that has just been Slumped stuck the, yeah. on the dash, yeah, right? Definitely, yeah. <clears throat> it's my only negative about the interior of that car, not this Bosch. Yeah, it looks like it's been designed specifically for the screen. The 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 clocks in front of you fit into the dash, yeah. and they curve into the dash. It's yeah. almost like a it's like a well made bespoke machine, desi- designed machine. It's a Porsche. Um, it's a Porsche. <laughs> a Porsche. Exactly. So, all right. So, and let's get into our Ask Auto Trader segment. Every day, uh, people send Auto Trader some motoring related questions, all things car buying and selling. So, Wendy and I are now going to try to attempt to answer three of these burning questions. First question, Wendy. First question comes from August, who's asking Should I be worried if the manufacturer does not have the car service history on their system? And what does that mean? Um, well, August, uh, there, uh, if there is no print or electronic evidence of a service history, it could be that the vehicle missed its services uh, because yeah. the manufacturers would keep uh, yeah, a, a record of, um, of the services, especially in the 21st, 2021. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, so get the VIN number of the car, go to the manufacturer and ask them what the service history looks like. Alternatively, do a 100-point check by the OEM, by, by a franchise dealer on the car. 
What exactly is a 100-point check? Well, they, uh, I mean, so some assessment. of them do a 130-point check, 50-point check. I mean, a 100-point check is just, uh, is just checking out every part of the car to make sure there's no yeah. fault accident damage um you know and they 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 try and verify that the that the vehicle is 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 not going to fall apart on you yeah okay um, fair enough okay doesn't mean that they're going to pick up everything but that uh, it, it lowers your stuff, risk yeah. yeah next question next question comes from Vinny, who's asking is it advisable to buy a car that is out of a motor plan cash and what are the risks and advantages this is not vin diesel is it no, it's not. It's just uh, just Vinny this time. Vinny. Okay, how's it, Vinny? Um, so uh, buying a car out of motor plan uh, could represent a very healthy saving. Yeah. So again, what I would do is if a car's out of motor plan is do the 100-point check. Make sure that the thing's not been in an accident. Make sure that it's, um, that it's uh, been treated well. Look into its history even further because you're not going to have the fallback of a motor plan. So that's my first piece of advice. Second piece of advice is <clears> – <throat> advice is, sorry – is try and try and consider a aftermarket motor plan. You do yeah. get those insurances, yeah, even if it's for twelve months, just to make sure that when you're driving that car, it doesn't break on you yeah. unexpectedly. I think something else is if you do find a car that does not have a motor plan, do some more research because um, you may find that a car that's out of motor plan is being charged the same as a car in that currently is. Yeah. Good point. Yes, um, good so point. So you may find some deals there. So uh, if you do find a car that's out of motor plan and uh, it's priced the same as a car that is in, still in motor plan, then uh, negotiate. Yeah. Uh, negotiate. Definitely, definitely negotiate. It doesn't mean that a car out of motor plan is a bad car. No. Uh, it, it doesn't no. mean that at all. You just got to do do your homework. Next question. Next question comes from Sabang and the last one. I'm under, I'm under credit review. Can I finance a car? Very plain, simple. Simply, Tabang, unfortunately, uh, that doesn't bode well for you. You're yeah. not going to be necessarily eligible for vehicle finance uh, uh, if you're under debt review. And uh, the only option is to clear your credit record. People, it is so important that we play by the norms that yeah. – um, the, the, and the rules that the system has, unfortunately. Yeah. So it protects you, um, protects you as well. And it just, protects um, you and everyone else. So sorry for the bad news, uh, Tabang, but uh, that's the reality. Clear your credit name first. And that's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It has been real. And my name's George Mini, And as usual, joined by Wandile Sishi. And uh, now we're going to go and have a good look at these cars, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe do a spin or two. Yeah. Thanks.